Welcome to Nourishing the Feminine Soul with Pamela Wasabi. Take a deep breath and open up to the possibilities of what your life has to offer. Pamela and her guests will show you how you can take charge of your life by embracing the values of the wild woman. Exhale. Learn to trust yourself again. Embrace your infinite power of intuition and love yourself crazy. Now, here's your host, Pamela Wasabi. Good morning. Let's start today with a poem from the book, Woman of the Moon. This poem is dedicated to my daughter, Violeta Sky, and it goes like this. I never dream of having children, but it happened as a divine accident. I was crowned a mother by her existence, and now I feel privileged to be committed to her love. My little piece of violet heavens, my miracle, my blood, my extension, I am young and troubled, a wanderer. I don't have many answers and I'm wrong many times. But talking this delicate soul in bed every night and waking up to her a little bit older grounds me. It is impossible to understand her perfection. She's pure and precious and my daughter, but not my possession. I just protect her and provide for her. And with her innocent few years of existence, she's the one teaching me about life. Love is Violetta from the book Women of the Moon, which you can find on Amazon.com. Good morning, my friends. I am your host, Pamela Wasabi, and this is the show Nourishing the Feminine Soul. I want to remind you that this show is an invitation to understand relationships with self, with others, with our bodies, with food, from the archetype of the wild woman. I hope that from my conversations with my amazing and knowledgeable guests, you can gather insights to unveil that power of your divine feminine that resides within, that we all have access to. I don't care your sexual orientation or if you're a man or a woman, we all have this beautiful spirit power within and we have to access it. It's a necessity right now. And once you access that power within, you, you realize that the only purpose of life is to be happy and you're going to seek that. And I want that for you. My show airs every Wednesday uh, at 11 a.m. on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, and that is Eastern Time. But you can also catch the recording of the show on your favorite podcast channel. That can be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, you name it. And you can also listen to past episodes, and then I suggest to listen to them again all over again, because every time that you gather a new concept, you understand other concepts differently. So that's how we enrich our wisdom and our knowledge and how we can access parts of our brain that sometimes remain dormant. My dear friends, today's episode is dedicated to the mother archetype, mother wisdom, uh, parenthood, child, uh, childhood, uh, and unconditional love. And I think that is the key element that the mother archetype teaches us, mother wisdom uh, it's understood as unconditional love because that's her embodiment. That is her radical embodiment. Mother, the mother archetype gives us all unconditionally because she wants the best for us. But she also shows us that to teach us that she has to embody that same unconditional love with herself. This type of love comes built in in our mechanism for existing. So just as we all have access to that divine feminine energy, we all have access to this unconditional love that we need to have for ourselves. It's part of our soul substance. It's part of our human makeup. It's our innate nature. And this nature that I speak of is around us. It's within us. It's all, it's all over the world. And it's always teaching us. Life and nature teaching us, uh, teaches us about the archetype of this mother, mother nature, mother archetype, mother energy, mother wisdom. And the message is simple. Honor life, respect our visceral body and the home that houses us, and love unconditionally. But love yourself first. Love yourself crazy. So today, let's talk about life in the most precious sense. Let's talk about childhood and parenthood, about pregnancy, and also puberty and our menstrual cycle. 
let's embrace each one of these faces from the lens of the mother archetype and, of course, of the wild woman. So I am so extremely excited to have Eleni here with me. Uh, she's in Greece, so it's amazing to see how we can all connect through this uh, amazing and, you know, still uh, phenomenal tool of the internet. Uh, and we are here, she's here in my radio show today, and we're going to discuss the different phases of parenthood, childhood, uh, what women, you know, what a woman goes through when it comes to motherhood, also uh, relationships, love making. Uh, Eleni, she's a health coach specializing in emerging psychology, medicine, neuroscience, and new physics, quantum biophysics, and archaeology to honor these most fragile and wonderful states of life. She also uses empirical data, spiritual teachings, and of course, intuition in her work because it cannot left, be left behind. And she focuses on the importance of discovering life's teachings and life's principles by studying life within the womb. So those fragile and delicate and the first, uh, you know, occurrences of life uh, and, you know, what what we can uh, grasp and, and learn from them. You know, life is so wonderful and life exists all over. You know, it doesn't matter how big it is or uh, how big we are or how we materialize life. It's all around us. And so that she focuses in these um, precious first years or first uh, moments or seconds of life is wonderful. And uh, we just, uh, I'm just very excited to learn so much from her. Also, I want to mention from... Um, uh, I want to mention our story, how Eleni and I came about. I always have a dear um, admiration for all the guests that I invite in. Our work is very parallel, but we focus in different subjects and different themes. And I think that all my guests, uh, besides being experts in their field, they're also my friends. Um, and so... I like to add that personal touch to my shows on how my guest and I met. Uh, so Eleni and I go way, way back when we were studying food psychology in the Institute for Psychology of Eating. And we were each other coaches and that's how we met. And from there, our life took a spin. I went on to writing books and talking about relationship with food and how to revive this feminine energy. And she went on also on her own path and discovering this beautiful uh, faces and wisdom that life has to offer from the perspective of when life happens first, from the perspective of looking at things, the minuscule sense of existing. From looking at, from looking within, within the womb. So welcome, Eleni. Welcome, Pamela. Thank you for this great introduction. I would like to say that I'm grateful for your invitation and also for the poem that you shared. That was very touching for me. Oh, thank you. Yes, and uh, thank you for uh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> now it's 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 great to see that. Uh, you know, we are all kind of like pouring on our armor and we're here in the world doing our work. And I believe it's a warrior work. What is what, what we have to do because we have to face a lot of obstacles and sometimes those obstacles are not presented in a physical way. They're actually mentalities and conditionings that we have to fight. We actually have to fight these conditionings and these uh, thought processes that have been built in in a lot of our friends, a lot of our families and our close ones. And so our work is, you know, it, it's showing them that there is a new way. It's showing mm -hmm. them that there is so much more than what they, that well being, what we have been told. So, uh, as the world keeps turning, as <laughs> how we keep evolving, we realize that every single episode in our life has been preparing us to own our truth, own our work, and go out in the world and fight from a place of love. I know that's kind of like ironic, but when I mean fight, it's just to really uh, have that radical presence in the world and and go forward without excuses, without apologizing and really believing in what we do and putting the work out there. Mm -hmm. Right. And I yes. feel that uh, I, I see you, you know, I see your post, I see everything that you um, are doing lately when it comes to your work. And I'm just fascinated to learn more about it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that we could start maybe, you know, since both you and I come from the background of the psychology of eating or the mind-body connection, as Mark David. Let's go into a little break and let's continue our conversation. Uh, I'm loving this so far. Uh, you're wonderful. i see you in a little bit. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Nourishment and baked goods in the same sentence? It's possible. You'll want to visit PamelaWasabi.com. Pamela Wasabi Bakery specializes in creating delicious desserts made with organic, wholesome, and exotic ingredients. Enjoy cookies, brownies, birthday cakes, and even silky cheesecakes. And the best part? Everything is vegan and gluten-free. Shop at PamelaWasabi.com. Bite into our heavenly lavender cookie with roasted pistachio. Sink your fork into a slice of passion fruit cheesecake or a piece of our decadent vanilla almond cake with rose frosting. Oh, and you must try our customer favorite, a celestial chocolate chip cookie with charcoal salt. Everything we have is delicious. We ship nationwide. And right now, you can use the code VEGAN to receive free shipping. Place your order today at PamelaWasabi.com. And remember to use the code VEGAN for free shipping. Pamela Wasabi Bakery. Eat more beauty. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, clinical trials, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Nourishing the Feminine Soul. To get in touch with the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to radio at PamelaWasabi.com. Now, back to Nourishing the Feminine Soul. Here's Pamela Wasabi. What's up, my friends? I am here today with Eleni from Greece. Uh, we are about to have a wonderful conversation when it comes to the early stages of life within the womb, and also a conversation about parenthood, childhood, which are different phases of life. You know, parenthood is also a phase, believe it or not. Um, Eleni and I met because we went to the same uh, food psychology school, uh, Institute of Psychology of Eating. And I am just fascinated to hear how we all have our own take on these studies and that we all come to the conclusion, you know, of course, everyone has digestive issues or some sort of food issues because that's the body manifesting itself and and kind of like trying to grab our attention. Um, And you, you know, you mentioned uh, you had digestive issues and how stress is like the uh, the main source of uh, digestive upsets, and it's actually 75% of, you know, it's the root cause of most of uh, diseases in the world. But on a personal level, what did you learn about yourself uh, going through this training and facing your own difficulties? Um, first and foremost, I learned how to um, listen to myself and how to use this um, somatic signs as a messages from my body, uh, telling how it feels and what I should change in order to feel better. Uh, so now I know that when I have digestive problems, which I still do, but very rarely, uh, it means that I, am, uh, I have uh, issues that stress me, even if I don't realize them, and I should focus on myself and understand what needs my attention, you know, what is bothering me. And when, when I do this, uh, the issue resolves. And also, another thing that is very, for me, it's a new world, is that I talk to my body now. 
you know, when I feel pain, I put my hands on my body, I they talk sweet words, I thank my body, you know, and uh, a lot of times when I just say I love you, when I'm in pain, the pain goes away almost instantaneously, which is, uh, I don't know, it's a very new consciousness for me. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just uh, amazing to see that the answers and the solutions are not very far reached from where we are. You know, it actually takes just a change in perspective or a change of mind or mentality on how we see ourselves and how we approach ourselves. And I am with you when it comes to uh, these values and principles that we uh, learn by studying the mind-body connection. And actually what the body is calling for is our own nourishment and attention, you know, from mm -hmm. that self-love and condition the love that you know the mother archetype talks so much about um so let's move on now to talk about the uh the juicy stuff <laughs> that i can wait to ask you so many questions about you know so we are here to talk about parenthood early stages of life and i want to start the conversation by asking you in your own words how do you define parenthood because you know of course there is a very um, strict way or or dictionary definition on what parenthood is uh, according to society's conditioning or you know mm -hmm. already established rules but in your own words how can you define parenthood well uh Parenthood for me is a very broad uh, activity, let's say. It's not related only to children. And if I want to be sincere, I would say that the parenting starts first and foremost with the relationship with ourselves. Because we did not receive uh, what we needed in early stages of life, we are now invited to, by our own, our own self, to reparent ourselves first. Uh, or even not first, pa parallel, parallelly, usually when we have children, we parent the children and we have to parent ourselves. And we don't have these skills. Parenthood of children becomes quite tough and challenging. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it has two uh, ways, I think, parallel ways. Uh, how do I talk with myself? How I nurture myself? How I um, take care of myself? And the parenthood as we know it, how I relate with my children and, you know, how, what I... Um, um, what I give them as uh, strengths uh, to go forward in life and also and restrictions also because we're not perfect <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and me being a mom I can uh, attest to what you're saying because yeah, I mean, actually recently I was interviewed and they asked me what's the best gift that I can give my kids or you know or my, my kid I only have one and you know I, I kind of like twisted that that question around a little bit and I said you know to give my kids the best I have to show them by example how I want them to live life how I want them to approach life so it really takes uh, first of all a complete surrendering of who you are of your ego and be able to go to places that maybe you lived alone you wouldn't go to you know because now you have mm -hmm. a responsibility and the responsibility is to it's to leave like to to embody to embrace what you preach <laughs> mm -hmm. because kids absor absorb that they are not you know i think they, they their mind it's a sponge and they have an ability to comprehend far beyond what words express right you know so you know talking to kids i actually talked to my daughter to my daughter in a very adult kind of like way i explain things the way that i will explain a friend of mine the way that i will talk in this show so her comprehension level it's far beyond another kid i will compare to you know because mm -hmm. i am not like dumbing her down thinking that she cannot understand when in, in actuality uh, she can see more things than i can she can understand more things that i might be limited to because she's still pure right she's still untouched or untamed she's mm -hmm. still wild and i want to cherish that i want to make sure that she remains like that so <laughs> you know as as a mother i think um my job is to show her to embrace her freedom uh, and to practice that self-love, which is the built-in mechanism to for her to be whoever she wants to be in this life. Right. Yes, you bring now another perspective. 
like to allow the children to be our teachers. It's another perspective of parenthood that we don't teach children. We allow children to teach us as well. And it seems, as you said, that the children have a completely different, not completely, a substantially different perspective on life. And we try to impose on them our view of life, which is quite limited as adults. So we lack creativity, you know, and imagination, usually. So it seems like as parents, we try to prepare children to be like us, and we don't allow children to be children. And uh, I think this is a, a big issue in our society that we don't allow children to express themselves freely and be creative. And uh, we rather uh, push them to lose their creativity through schooling, through you know traditional education, and the way we approach uh, life, uh, mainly through the mind uh, by suppressing the bodily science and uh, wisdom. Yeah. Um Another thing that comes into my mind is that we, now that our parents or, you know, the people that now are parents, the only probably a most vivid memory or guidance on how to be a parent is how they were parented. And I think our previous generation also only knew how to be a parent because of how they were parented. And what happens from generation to generation is, for example, the previous generation uh, knew this way to parenting and maybe they reject it. And so they completely transverse the rules and try to impose something, but out of resentment. And uh, I, I, I think resentment is the best word to, to uh, express this, right? Sometimes some parents are the way they are because they are resenting their parents and they don't want to be like mm -hmm. them. So they try to do something else, but it doesn't come from a truly place of, of love. It comes from a place of like, let me do better than them. Or, you know, uh, I, I think that there's some work that needs to be done in order to deliver uh, a more pure and beautiful teaching and wisdom to our kids. Right. And, And so we don't have guidance or we don't have a, a great examples because, of course, you know, they don't teach us about parenthood in schools. And what we see, as you just mentioned, it's very conditioned. It's very limited. It's very strict. It's restricted, actually. It's like parent look like, you know, a family looks like this. It has to be a mother, a father, a brother, a sister and a white little house. Or at least how, that's how they sell it here in the States. Right. So. You know, and sometimes we are these free souls where that paradigm does not fit with who we are. So we have this kind of like a rebellion within or rejection towards the system. But yet, it you know, they, they're talking about unschooling. They're talking about uh, letting our kids roam free or playing in the dirt or, you know, maybe staying with us or going to work with us instead of like going to a traditional school. It's rejected and you feel alone and you feel like uh, maybe you feel resented. You're like, oh, my God, I have to do everything different. And, you know, you, you feel in a place where there is not so much guidance. There, there's not so much information when it, when it comes to how to how to establish a relationship with our kids in a way that is beneficial for both of us. Because I think that more and more than we teach them everything and they have to learn everything from me and education has to be like that. This is more a, a, a open relationship. This is a relationship where they are teaching us, as you said, we are teaching them and we're learning from them also. So it's like a revolving door, you know, it's a beautiful opportunity in life to keep growing up, even though, you know, you're an adult and, And being able to absorb those little details that kids have to offer, that curiosity, that innocence, that laughter, that way to approach things from a place of awe, right? Of amazement, mm -hmm. of, of mm -hmm. wonder, right? Um, so as a parent or as someone that uh, wants to be better or, or establish a better relationship with their kids or to, you know, a couple that want to be parents, What do you suggest? How can you guide them? What books should they read? Like, how? what's their perspective? What's their approach that mm -hmm. needs to change to understand that we are not doing this the right way? I think, uh, and I feel that it's very important to reevaluate re what a child is, you know, what a baby is. 
because uh, the fact that they have different abilities than us and they cannot, for example, a baby cannot speak uh, words, we cannot understand what it needs. So uh, we tend to feel that, uh, we tend to think that it has, um, it's, it's um, uh, weak, it's a weak, uh, small human. And this shapes our whole per, um, approach to uh, babies, for example, that they are weak and they need our attendance. And uh, mainly they need an attendance on their physical needs. They need uh, somebody to clean them, to feed them, you know, to make sure they are warm. And we don't consider that they have so much emotional uh, needs or even personality of a sort like um, of awareness, awareness. And lately I came across uh, the field of uh, prenatal memory, which is an absolutely fascinating field. It's a new, uh, I think, for most people. Uh, however, in some uh, parts of the world, it's quite widespread, like in Japan. So yeah, I met uh, online this uh, doctor, Dr. Akira Ikegawa, who does uh, studies uh, for many years on children and uh, what they remember, even from the preconception period. And see, he has written books about this, even in English, and there is material one can find on prenatal memory of his work. And um, a lot of things can be said on this. But the most important is that uh, if, uh, around 50% of children uh, asked uh, in Japan, about 10,000 children, they remember, uh, they, uh, 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 they have memories before their conception, uh, while being in the womb, uh, while they were being born, it's like 50% of the children were remembering until the age of three. After the age of three, a change happens in the brain and there is a, a major cleanup. So these memories are subsided in the subconscious and we, most people forget about this. So for me, this changed my whole perception of children, you know, what they, they are, what they, they can bring to this world, you know, and how we can allow all these gifts that they, can, they bear to be unfolded rather than impose uh, our mentality that we have now, that they are lesser human beings. They don't, have the, they don't have a right to talk. They don't have a right to have an opinion. They're not wise, you know. And we you should condition them to become what their society needs. So if uh, somebody considers to become a, a parent, my main suggestion would be to, uh, to research on prenatal memory, you know, and also, of course, this is not an easy topic because it brings up issues of our prenatal memory, which are in, in the subconscious. And uh, for example, myself, this is why I reached this uh, part of research, actually, because I had issues of my personality, you know, my approach of life, I was um, feeling, uh, when I was thinking of life, I was thinking that it's something um, scary, something uh, fearful, you know. I wasn't feeling like uh, life is something, uh, it's a safe space, a safe playground for me to thrive as a human being. And of course, this was creating a lot of stress. And uh, it was restricting my ability, my whole So I started looking at this uh, space, this uh, memory space of my life, you know, the perinatal memory of my, myself. And I found uh, some events that uh, were much more uh, um, strong for me and uh, somehow marked my understanding of what life is. And I had to go back with that at that time to talk to my, my inner fetus, you know, and uh, reparent, actually reparent myself uh, uh, very systematically in order to be able to, you know, open my heart and open my connection with life, with the possibilities, with create my creativity and all this. So, you know, it's, um, yes, perinatal memory, is, it's, it's super exciting, but it also needs the attendance to our own uh, perinatal memories. Wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. And, and you mentioned, you know, life... Uh, in the womb and before conception. So when when does life really start? Well, the question is, uh, does life end really? You know, uh, I cannot say that I know the answers. I know what I, I feel, you know, to be true and through my readings and my research. Well, it seems that uh, there is this stage of uh, preconception that uh, it may last um, over a year. Eh? that uh, the child chooses its parents and starts uh, connecting with the parents. And uh, their children remember that they were given the choice, you know, where would you like, which parent would you like to have? They remember ourselves actually as being small babies, like stars in the sky. 
and uh, they, they there they choose the parents and uh, they actually say they say that they may sometimes uh, like uh, guide the mother to meet the father you know oh my god so they have they are very active in their involvement of what happens in the next state stage which is the conception and the gestation and all you know so this uh, it gives me the understanding that the children are not um, like uh, what's the what's the word victims of our uh, incapabilities or our restrictions or, or our mindset you know they have well, a say to what happens and they they live with the consequences of course because when you are uh, 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 without the body and you choose your parents you don't know how it's gonna be actually being as a child of these parents you hope that they uh, guess that you know that the things are gonna go as good as possible but children also you know choose uh, to give lessons to parents you know some children uh, stay in the womb for six months and then they decide to not to, to be born you know it's not a mistake and this changes the whole issue you know with uh, what i as women what are uh, what is our responsibility in what happens because we all think that everything is us you know i have to be healthy i have to do everything right and uh, we forget that, you know, there is also the partner that plays a big role. There is also the, the, the child itself that, uh, you know, has a say in what happens. And I think if we allow the, this uh, idea of uh, perinatal memory to enter uh, our uh, consciousness, it's got, it brings a lot of healing and a lot of, um, you know, acceptance and a lot of, uh, of course, a lot of tears. <laughs> and uh, But I mean, soothing tears, you know, tears that... Um, healing tears, healing energy comes on all these issues. I think that what you just said changes absolutely everything. If uh, someone has the understanding, first of all, that life is a continuation and it never ends and it never starts. So we're just a continuation of a continuation of a continuation expressed on an individual level in these different bodies. And this is no more than just an opportunity to be alive you know, to, to exist. And that is the highlight of existence is existing itself. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we are talking about choosing our parents. My daughter, actually, she tells me, mommy, I am so happy that I chose you as my mom. Mm -hmm. uh, and also what you're mentioning about, you know, with that perspective, then there is no victims in this world whatsoever. Because we already come with an agenda. We already come to know what is it that we need to fulfill in this life. And I think we do go through a process of uh, forgetting many, many, many things, many values, many uh, universal and sacred values about life that we forget growing up because indoctrination, because trauma, because suffering, because society itself we forget so many things but i think that innately within us the mission always remains and probably that's the that's the struggle in life finding that mission aligning with that mission and fulfilling it no matter what happens you know like i was saying before i believe that we are these warriors in this life fighting against like a, a thoughts thought processes and uh, you know uh, we are these warriors in this spiritual realm more than we are in the physical world i think that you know even that understanding we have it backwards you know we think that first we exist in this physical world and have a body and we are a name and a last name when in reality we're just i think more of spirits presencing a physical vessel to keep making life happen you know, that the mystery is not that far from comprehension that, uh, you know, that life is here to be embraced radically. And I think that is the, the, the word that dictates your work and my work when it comes to embodying our life, our presence and every single stage of life and, and how important or how beautiful it is to see life from the perspective of a child and that probably that is the mentality that we have to protect. So, you know, answering my own question when it comes to how we can define parenthood, uh, we are this, uh, you know, maybe our role is to protect 
their wild souls and to make sure that they remain intact, untamed, wild, and free. So we can change the world. <laughs> uh, I was reading this book, or I am currently reading this book called Racing Rebels by Dana Martin. And then in the foreword, they uh, propose this example. Uh, they say that society is like a lake, right? And a lake is made of different raindrops. And if we change the color of the raindrops, then the color of the lake will change. And so what we need to do is uh, reframe the way that we are raising kids so the color of this earth can prosper or can, uh, you know, we can find solace living among each other and not fighting each other and destroying each other because that goes against every single value of the mother archetype of mother nature of life itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just really inspire me. Eleni, <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about another subject that is very interesting when it comes to prenatal uh, memories, to uh, childhood, to uh, puberty, to sexuality, and it's lovemaking. And I want you to just uh, give me your, your wisdom here and tell me about the importance of lovemaking, the understanding that we have toward uh, sexuality, uh, relationships with you know, our partners, and how that also impacts uh, the life after, or the continuation of life. Yes, well, a big issue, of course, because uh, lovemaking is the way to bring life, uh, new life on Earth. And uh, we, in our society, we don't think so much that uh, lovemaking as a creation of life, uh, as pleasure, yes, as uh, a lot of other things. And also, we have been uh, conditioned to uh, think of sex as as fast food. You know, we don't spend time to enjoy a four-course meal, you know, and take time and connect with the other person. The the, the porn mentality is very prominent, and this dictates the way we relate to each other. And of course, if we are not connected with our body in in this, uh, when we talk about um, lovemaking, it's hard to uh, be there uh, when conception happens, you know, because it's possible to feel, uh, for the woman to feel, and, and for the man also, but okay, now we focus on the woman, uh, because also we have the womb, you know. We, uh, it's possible to feel when conception happens and be connected with the soul, you know, that is uh, preparing to descend in the body. Uh, but uh, this requires... Um, to pose, you know, to, to be there with ourselves and uh, with our bodies. It's a big, very big issue. And, you know, female sexuality and how the female body is being aroused and prepared for uh, lovemaking, you know, the, uh, a lot of uh, lot of issues there. But uh, again, yes, we need, uh, we need to stay present with ourselves as women. We need to understand what... Um, you know, what our body needs in order to to be open for the male or female, you know, okay. Yes. Um, I, I think uh, what we're doing here is aligning so many different concepts of how to study life into one eternal sentence, right? Uh, through, your, through your studies, you pair up spirituality with neuroscience, for example. Uh, and uh, I think this is the importance of uh, bringing together the masculine and the feminine force, right? Or the left field and the right field when it comes to talking about life. And, uh, you know, uh, I was also thinking about the term lovemaking. Uh, we might say that in a very casual way, and we do not realize that we are actually forming that la- where, when we say we're making love, we are actually creating love and love is life. So, you know, that uh, uh, definition or, or, or that uh, statement just came into my mind very vividly, you know, that we are the representation of love and it is created by our own coming together of these two forces, right? Masculine and feminine. And so in your studies, that's what you're also doing on a parallel level. You know, I'm comparing it. Spirituality as being the mechanism that the feminine expresses itself better and neuroscience, you know, the mechanism where the masculine can point down or pin down uh, different uh, teachings or studies and, you know, bring us some data or, or so. 
Um, so how did you jump from one study to the other to, to be able to analyze or absorb teachings from all these different fields, right? Because sometimes, you know, when we are into spirituality, we just uh, study that and left the other field untouched or, you know, we don't, we don't want to go there sometimes. But I like, I, I think that it's really interesting that you're bringing these two worlds together. And I think it's, it's necessary to balance uh, our studies from these two different perspectives. So how did you uh, come about all these different studies and uh, fields? I think the fact that I'm an Aquarius, uh, zodiac sign, it could explain a lot of things. You can see my map, it's, like, it's a star, you know, it's like a lot of houses are um, occupied, which means that uh, I am drawn to different subjects. And I, in my seek for answers, I stop nowhere, really. I don't reject any field of study or experience. And one, lead, one thing leads me to the next, you know. Uh, I don't dwell a lot in, in each place. Uh, I get the information I need at a certain point, and then I move to the next one. If I need to go back, of course I do. But I, I think uh, our uh, all this existence of plurality of uh, fields it has to do with our perception and the fact that we are we have been trained to discriminate and create different notions about things. But uh, if we uh, sit back and realize that this is a continuum, you know. Uh, so we look at this from the spiritual perspective. We find we use certain words. You, you, we use, uh, approach it from a you know, science perspective. We, we see different words, but we describe the same phenomenon. Or quantum physics, which is mind blowing uh, information and wisdom there. So it all it all comes together in our era, and. Uh, I think this is very exciting that also each one of us can do this integration within herself, himself. You know, we, we, the, we don't need to study for ages now to get some truth, you know. We need to access our own intuition and, uh, and be in the flow of life and information comes towards us. Yes. This is um, cultivating our, uh, what we call feminine part of ourselves, mm -hmm. to be in the flow, to be open, you know, to, to, to use, to make fantastic connections. I have made some fantastic, really, connections, even imaginary, that after some research, it comes out that it, it's true. What came to my head, you know, to my body, it actually, some researcher uh, does a research and has proven this, like about black holes inside the the, the, the cells of the body and things, crazy things that come into my head. And there's, there is some scientist that has been uh, written all the, uh, you know, mathematics and all to prove that this happens. So who is a scientist? Who is not, you know? Uh, what are we? <laughs> you know, it's one you know, of us access to so much wisdom. Yes. Um, I heard that I was having these conversations with some friends of mine and uh, we were talking about science and spirituality and actually uh, science comes from the study of spirituality. That is the beginning of, you know, that uh, school of study. Um, and then you mentioned quantum physics and how freaking incredible and mind-blowing that can be. And the way that I define quantum physics is exactly that. Quantum physics is the study of spirituality like you can really explain life from a spiritual perspective from a science perspective so it can give uh you know those uh, left brains all the goodies and data that they need to uh you know see life from that perspective because at the end of the day is how do you uh, how do you choose to see life right so uh, i think um being open, as you said, and uh, without, without, without judgment, we can actually comprehend, uh, revise concepts and understand so much more, so much, can, we can go so much deeper uh, and, and take something new from that perspective, you know, when we're able to absorb things from, from different ways, from different realms, from different fields, because at the end of the day, nothing holds the absolute truth at one moment. But truth is like that lake, you know, it's made of many different raindrops and we can choose to look at that lake from, you know, from, we can, we can choose to just uh, go to the shore or to go deep into the depths of the lake. So, uh, how can we comprehend everything at the same time? I don't think it's possible. So just being open, I think, is the best way to make sense of our existence. How we, you know, how are we choose to to do that, right? 
Um, so I want to now jump into uh, pregnancy and motherhood to go to the next phase, you know, after we are in the womb. And, you know, something that really um, kind of like um, bothered me when I was pregnant and also, also something that I, I kind of like uh, try to stay away from were these baby books. <laughs> uh, and, you know, my, my argument was I want my pregnancy to be mine and that I want to be influenced by anyone else's pregnancy because it happens, you know. And when you hear that somebody else had this type of pregnancy, then you get kind of like, um, uh, you know, you, you get influenced by that and you, you think that your pregnancy is going to be similar or if they had a terrible pregnancy, then you also get scared about it. So I was like, you know what? I want my pregnancy to be my own. I was very young. I was very troubled. I didn't know much about anything. I just knew that I had a life growing within and I really had to go against the world and trusting in a very quiet and silent voice that I had within to uh, continue my pregnancy the way that I wanted, uh, which mm -hmm. was without taking prescription pills. I had a condition, a thyroid condition back then. I wanted a home birth and I wanted to breastfeed. And for me, breastfeeding is uh, a right. It's the right of every child to be breastfed. And I think we're giving them so much more than just food. It's like mother nature's wisdom in, in the form of this uh, white gold liquid <laughs> that you know it has a, so much cellular information that communicates so much more than just nutrients and vitamins so i had to go against the world in a way you know to give birth the way that i wanted uh and i am that i have that soul i am that type of warrior soul that you know i'm very stubborn in my ways but also i trust that little voice that intuition that goes within but what I see in the outside is that a lot of mothers have forgotten that intuitive power and they do follow these books that other people have written them. And those stories are personal to that experience. They go to doctors and the doctors tell them that their pregnancy has to be scheduled. They go to, you know, other specialists and they tell them that, you know, they have to leave their kids crying. If not, they're going to be dependent. They go, you know, and so that the talk around motherhood is that mothers don't know how to mother their babies. They got to go to a doctor to learn how to do it because we lack the knowledge. And then mm -hmm. I sit back and I say, how is that? life that happens within that is so wise and grows without our uh, conscious knowledge needs to be taught by a mind how to mother our own kids. So where does that come from? Uh, your question is where the, this... Uh... Where this disconnection from women forgetting how to mother life? I, I didn't get your question. Maybe how, I won't how... get it. <laughs> how are, are women forgetting how to birth life? How, how is that we have to seek outside sources for this? You know, uh, I mean, I, I mentioned that we have forgotten mm -hmm. our intuition, but, you know, I guess what I'm getting, getting to is that there is this like collective feminine oppression through centuries to really quiet down that feminine force that we have within. So uh, I didn't mean to <laughs> you know, sound, you know, make such a complicated question, but like what I want to touch upon is, uh, you know, how long ago have women been suppressed? Uh, you know, how, how, how long ago this feminine power has been suppressed to the point that women nowadays don't know how to birth a kid? or don't know how to be a mother? I think uh, we have forgotten uh, when was the last time that we were free and connected with our inner wisdom and we were birthing children to become free people. I think now we have been so much conditioned that uh, this is uh, not even a memory, a remote memory. But I think uh, where we go, my favorite say is where we look is where we go. So if a woman gets pregnant, I think she should, uh, she should uh, stay with herself finds out that he's pregnant, she's pregnant, stay with herself and uh, decide for herself what experience does she wants to have. You know, because if we if we start to look at problems, we invite problems. It's quantum physics, you know, the observer influences uh, what he is observing or she is observing. So why, if we invest our energy into problems, we invite problems. Uh, so I think we should uh, just allow 
uh, ourselves to, to feel that we we are worthy of having the experience, the best experience possible in, in relation to pregnancy. And this starts to attract the, rele the relevant um, uh, specialists, you know, the midwives, the doulas, the doctor, uh, the doctors, everything is there and it's uh, available. Uh, we just need to decide if we're gonna seek a positive experience or a negative experience, and that's a decision. That's a decision yeah. that is dictated by the state of our nervous system, however. Yeah. It's not something that we can uh, consciously decide unless we have managed to uh, restructure our nervous system and allow the parasympathetic to be in charge, which uh, opens our prefrontal lobes, you know, it's give, it gives us a different perspective on life. Yeah. So, so yes. I think that I, I can summarize our conversation on the most important value to teach our kids is how to trust themselves. So when life happens to them, they know how to trust that little voice and they know how to propagate life just as a, having that innate wisdom, uh, untouched, precious still uh, and wild. Um, Eleni, I want to thank you for being uh, in this show with me. It was wonderful. You almost made me cry. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful to uh, admire life, uh, you know, from this perspective. And to all my listeners, I want to remind you that we can change the world. And the ones who change the world are outlaws. People who change the world are those outlaws who live outside established law that condemns the liberation of the soul. Instead, they live within and along with the laws of life, the universe, and nature. This is this divine feminine energy that we so net, like we need so badly. Uh, it has been a threat to society for centuries, but it's actually the solution for today's world. So my dear wild souls, wild women and wild men, please be an outlaw and let's change this world. Thank you. And uh, see you guys next Wednesday. Thank you, Lenny. Big kisses from Mama. Miami. Thank you for tuning into Nourishing the Feminine Soul. Be sure to join Pamela Wasabi for another edition of the program next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until our next show, have a beautiful week. Mm-hmm.